Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This is Jackie Smith, and welcome to the Keep It Magic podcast with myself and my co-host, Storm Sestivani. Spend the next hour with us as we laugh our way through life and find the many magical ways we can craft a better one. This dynamic duo is ready to challenge the spiritual status quo and bridge the mystical with the practical. Keep It Magic is sponsored by Coventry Creations, where no matter what your problem, love, money, romance, home, health, maybe even a new car, Coventry has a candle for that. Now put on your seatbelts and get ready to expand your mind with Jackie and Storm. Let's begin Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. I, of course, am Storm Sasavani. Well, no, I'm really Jackie. No, I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, and that is Jackie Smith over there. She's on the other side of the whatever. Um, and you're listening, of course, to Keep It Magic. We have a little bit of an announcement for you. If you want to get candles from Coventry, if you have problems with your love life, um, money, career, um, spiritual growth, uh, you need to get somebody out of your life, you need to do some uncrossing work, you need to do um, some spiritual-based work, whatever it is that you need to do, you can now get all of your candles at keepitmagic.com. Also, you can get... You can connect with Jackie and I to schedule readings at keepitmagic.com as well. So you only have to go to one place, keepitmagic.com. Um, that's it. Um, keepitmagic.com also features the blog articles that Jackie and I write. And also, um, uh, if you want to follow our fan page, you can. It's a Keep It Magic at, um, on Facebook, which is our joint um, Facebook uh, page as well. And you can get my daily dose which is where I talk about all this astrological stuff, which is really creeping Patty out, by the way, Jackie. Um, it really uh, is. It's really creeping her out. Um, up there on um, the Keep It Magic fan page as well. Um, Jackie Smith, you can find it everywhere on Facebook, you know, Twitter, <laughs> you name it. You know, she's there. Um, you can find and me everywhere. Also, if you want to like my fan page, you can do it at www.facebook.com forward slash astrogossip, where we talk about the stars. And I'm not talking about Kim Kardashian. So <laughs> run over there and check that out. Speaking of the stores, Jackie, hell is breaking loose. It is. I'm I'm <laughs> it is so much breaking loose that I am delayed in all of my responses because I'm just checking to see what I need to Mercury went retrograde last Saturday. We had a major eclipse on Wednesday, I think. Yeah, Wednesday. Or Thursday. One or the other. Thursday, I think. Um, and uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, and uh, basically, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are writing to me, Jackie. They're not liking this Mercury retrograde at all. I'm I'm not either. I feel like a big, whiny baby that needs a nap. That's what I feel like. Well, why, why don't you just take one? I've been trying. It hasn't worked out for you yet? No. I came in this morning and looked at my to-do list, and I got a little teary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I look at my to-do list, Jackie, and I want to call my doctor and get some medication for hypertension. <laughs> <laughs> right. I may need some blood pressure pills. Because <laughs> I am booked up, worked up, schooled up, you name it, I'm I'm up. Uh, mm-hmm. So it uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. So uh, right. uh, that is going to be interesting. So the the Mercury retrograde is in Scorpio, Jackie. I should probably explain 
briefly what this is. Um, Please do, because that just scares me to the core of my being. <laughs> anytime anybody says the word Scorpio, they kind of like you know freak out and you know want to crawl underneath the bed. Right. Um, Scorpio um, is a pretty intensive sign. Um, the reason being, it's first of all, it's a water sign, um, and whereas the sign of Cancer has to do with our general level emotions because it's ruled by the moon. Um, you know, it's our day-to-day emotions, how we're feeling on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, you know, I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. What do I need for comfort? You know, what do I need to feel secure? Where do I feel happy? You know, that's cancer. Scorpio is a, a whole different other dragon. Um, and um, I use that word literally. Uh, dragon is the right word for it, that one. It tends to, to bring up, Jackie, the ick, the garbage, the sewage, um, it is the emotions that are underneath that surface level. Um, uh, and in a lot of ways, you know, um, uh, with with Mercury retrograde, we go through a lot of different things on the right. You know, communication goes crazy. People say the wrong things at the wrong time. They go to change their name on Facebook, on their phone, and misspell it. <laughs> Uh, just saying, raising my hand. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And babe. then you can't change it for 60 days. <laughs> you can't fix it for 60 days. And here is the thing, Jackie. I think I need to get my, my Swedish friends storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm now Swedish or something. You know, Nordic or or something. But anyways, you, you know, the thing here is, Jackie, is that our phones are so small at this point. And you know, we are getting up there in age, whether we want to agree with that or not. So you know, I even had my contacts in, Jackie, and I'm looking at it, and I literally thought it said Storm and hit the chat button. <laughs> I believe I have a friend named Storm who needs some readers. <laughs> I need to get I need to get uh, some bifocals or something, but uh, but. You know, this, this Mercury retrograde is intense, but, you know, when I, I wrote a blog post about it, which is on my site, um, it's also on keepitmagic.com, and it's, uh, what I called it, Jackie, was confronting your inner demons, um, because the little events that are happening, the little annoyances, are activating those doubts, you know, and when, for example, when it first happened, Jackie, you, you know, I, I thank God for you, or I could have probably went to crazy train within a couple of hours, so my crazy was only about 15 minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, screw it, you know, um, I'll change it, you know, on December the 8th, or, or actually December the 2nd or something like that, you know, I'll just change it right then, who cares, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I will tell you the email that I am getting, Jackie, in regards to it, are people just laughing their behind off. So it is, uh, it is kind of uh, funny and hilarious. But basically what is happening is that communication problems, um, uh, issues in regards to um, uh, uh, people getting into arguments, um, emotional frustrations, what is happening is that all of the gook is basically being brought to the surface. And uh, for us to deal with, for us to reflect on, because Mercury retrograde is reflection. Scorpio is the garbage, okay? So basically what you have here is, you know, you're confronting your inner demons. So this is going to continue for the next couple of weeks. Um, You know, so take note, really, um, if you want to do some some work on this. You know, first of all, um, I recommend, this is what Jackie and I recommend every Mercury retrograde is a Van Van candle. Um, so make sure that you get a Van Van candle over at keepitmagic.com. What, and I suggest that over the next couple of weeks, you can order that today. Um, recommend getting three of them. 
um, and burning them continuously. I like to do things in threes. So does Jackie. Um, uh, <laughs> so get converted you. So get three um, uh, of the Van candles. Okay. Take note of basically the issues that are coming up, and don't take note of I got into an argument with my dog. Okay. Take note of the underlying issues underneath it. Why did you get into an argument with your dog? Why did you? You, you know. Um, uh, you can go into Jackie's book and look at why is that um, uh, from Coventry Magic, which you can also get at keepingmagic.com. Um, uh, you know, and really kind of probe where these issues are at the moment, and then do the Van Van candles at the end of the retrograde is my suggestion. Um, you know, to kind of clear up those issues at the end of the retrograde is where we can begin to move forward, um, and that's when I suggest you kind of clear this up. It's kind of like let it settle, let it stew for the moment, Jackie journal about it, bring the issues up, and then basically, you know, kind of go on from there. It's definitely not a, t- not a time for confrontations. It's a time for working on resolutions because whatever you feel you need to do, be a little, about 100% more gentle with it. Well, I'm seeing that people are not doing that. Um, right. I'm seeing a lot of confrontations. I'm seeing... Well, the reason, um, the reason why is because it's going to become a confrontation. So you need to really, whatever you think you need to do, you need to take it down. Uh, exactly. You know, really it, it is taking things down to that level. So to add insult to injury, mm-hmm. then on the 8th, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. um, we had a lunar eclipse in the sign of Aries. And Aries... And it was a blood moon, Jackie. People were making a big deal about it. I wrote in my blog post on the eclipse that I really am hesitant, Jackie, of saying, you know, that this moon, just because of refraction of light, is any more important than any other eclipse. Um, And I think that we can sometimes get carried away in um, biblical omens and uh, prophecies and things of that particular nature that we lose focus on what the eclipse itself is talking about. And uh, basically, this particular eclipse is in the sign of Aries. And Aries is the sign of me. Me, 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 me. It has to do with self-involvement, and it has to do with um, us really taking a look at what it is that we want in life ourselves. And I think that there's so many, uh, I think that we've been conditioned, Jackie, really, I think our generation especially has been conditioned to sacrifice yourself, be cheerful and wonderful, and kumbaya, and be zen, Um, and, and put your own wants and desires on the shelf. And then basically what happens is Mercury retrograde in Scorpio happens and you turn into the Medusa. Um, Because your own wants and needs have not been acknowledged. And I think that this eclipse is really saying very, very strongly, um, what is it that I want in my my life right now? Because, you know, Jackie, and this is just my own opinion, um, as long as I'm not being me and as long as I'm a creation of everything around me, um, or whatever everybody else wants me to be, what do I really have to offer anybody anyway? Just kind of hanging off of that for a moment is that um, watching a few things that are happening in my world, um, mm-hmm. one of them is with my daughter, and, and I talk about her quite a bit. And it's so she is in a, a position, she's a kid, she's not 18 yet, um, and she has authority who's just kind of ruining her life a little bit. And um, so I'm looking at this Mercury retrograde. Why is this happening now, this Mercury retrograde? So this is less about 
this authority figure ruining her life and more about her saying, hey, hang on, I need something more than this. So this is about her taking care of herself and one of the conversations that Rebecca and I had last night, which is right in tune with what you just said, even though I did not know you were going to say it, um, is that I said, dude, you are... um, not going to get what you want from this person. This is not about this other person fulfilling your needs. It's about you taking out of this situation what you want from it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said that's really hard to hear, and, and sometimes I don't even know what that means, and you never know what that means until you get the end of it. And um, and so you know, that's exactly what this this that that eclipse is all about is is that you have to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is it that you want from this? And it's a balance. It's really a balance, Jackie, because, you know, the opposite of, of Aries, of course, is Libra. And, um, you know, Libra is a sign that has to do with balance and harmony. Mm-hmm. And I think it is about going out there into the world and getting what it is that we want in order for us to eventually feel more balanced in regards to our relationships overall. Um, and it's hard work. It's because we're so conditioned, I think, to want to self-sacrifice. Um, we're so conditioned to putting other people first, um, you know, because that's the Christian thing to do. Um, uh, you know, which actually I think that the Christ- probably the more Christian thing to do really would be, uh, you know, develop your relationship with your higher power, i.e. God in the Christian faith, which we're going to talk a lot about this hour. Um and uh, uh, and as you're developing that particular relationship and building yourself, you're ultimately going to have more to offer realness, more realness to offer in regards to other relations, in, in regards to relationships. And, uh, you know, for me personally, you know, just being able to stand up and say no is a miracle. <laughs> you know, just being able to stand up and say no. So you know it 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 is you know you're right in regards to your particular assumption. The problem with this is is that you have both things that are going on at one time. So Rebecca is at a place in which she's needing to tell people, you know, look, I need more out of this. At the same time, Mercury retrograde in Scorpio is bringing up all the fears in the garbage. Yep. So she's having to confront all of this stuff basically at once. It's not as easy as going to somebody and saying, you know what, you're not being fair to me. Um, uh, I, I feel um, hurt and upset about this. Mm-hmm. It is underneath it fear of failure, fear of never being good enough, um, mm-hmm. all of these other things that are going to rise to the particular surface. Whatever the self-defeating behaviors are are going to go along hand in hand with this particular eclipse, which is why I really feel that this is a powerful eclipse. Um, in addition to that, Jackie, it's also involved with Pluto and Uranus. And I've talked about it a million times. And, uh, you know, Uranus has to do with, you know, the beginning process of us as uh, as individuals starting to look at our own wants and needs and becoming more active and being more of a voice in our own reality. And Pluto is, um, uh, you know, the tearing down of existing governmental structures in order to make something more viable. So the eclipse is also involved in that. So it's it, it's... My opinion is is that change starts at home, it starts within, and then it works its way out. Um, so this is some pretty intense energy. It is. And forget about the fact that it's a blood moon. That's just pretty optics. Right. Um, 
there's yeah we've I, you know the in paganism the blood moon is really important because this is the culmination of your sacrifices one of the readings that I did about that mm-hmm. the culmination of of your sacrifices this is um how the universe is sacrificing for you there's a many many different different ways about that so um and uh I wish I could remember all of them but you see, and, and I have a little bit of an issue with that because it's placing more importance on a particular optic, okay, which is just refraction of light, um, and it is ignoring, you know, um, all of the other particular eclipses that happen all the time, many of which, Jackie, astrologically are much more potent than this one. There's one in 2020 that I'm going to recommend people hide under the bed, Um uh, we'll talk about that in 2020, but, um, uh, you know, the, uh, I think when we start putting higher importance on one over another, you know, I think all of the, the moons, all of the, the eclipse uh, process is exactly that. It's a process that slowly moves through different signs over time, and I think that we need to take into consideration and work on the issues of all of them. Um, you know, rather than just focusing on, you know, this particular moon. There's a bunny moon and a, you know, a pink rabbit moon. I don't even know their names, but um, nor do I care. Um, but um, uh, it's, it's, you know, and that's so important for some people, but that's yeah. not my, um, that's not my shtick, and so I don't want to say that I know what's going on with that. Yeah, exactly. And you work a lot with the moon in regards to, in, in regards to magic. And, uh, you know, it, People ask me all the time, well, what is the difference? New moon, bring something new in. Full moon, get rid of it. Now, it's interesting um, because, um, again, that still has um, uh, some some changes in that. So mm-hmm. full moon is completion. Contem- you're at your pinnacle. So something that you want to be filled with, it's, there's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times full moon is what you're going to fill yourself with. You grab that moon energy and draw it down. Yes. So, um, so the moon is about to turn to waning, um, but you want to grab that top energy. I like the first two days of the full moon. And I look at three days of the full moon. The first one is almost full. The second one is completely full, and the the last one is just emptying out a little. Yeah. So I like to work on those first two days of saying, okay, I really need to bring something to its fruition. So I'm going to grab this completion energy and fill up whatever it is I need to fill up with that completion energy. Um, new moon, I will work just before the new moon at the darkness of the moon mm-hmm. to completely empty out. Yeah. So the dark moon is that moment before. So the dark moon and the full moon are like completely um, opposite each other. Yeah. So you have your most empty moment and your most full moment. And then, um, so people talk about the new moon. The new moon is the third day of the dark of the moon. Yeah. So the new moon is when you have that tiny little sliver. So so that's the third day. So I, I will work on that to um, something new that's budding, a new idea that is just a seedling. That well, it is, you know, the way that we work with it astrologically is, is very very similar. Um, uh, you know, the new moon is basically um, a very Aries type of energy of, of old stuff coming to an end, new stuff beginning. Okay, um, the first quarter moon or the um, a waxing moon mm-hmm. um, is the process of development. 
the full moon is reaching the pinnacle with the realization that there's only one place to go now, down. <laughs> you know, which which you have to kind of keep in mind with that full moon. I recommend actually, Jackie, on that third day of that full moon, is that people, if they're wanting to get rid of things from their life, okay, to yeah. do it at that particular point. You know, right. that is the point to do um, uh, banishing work. It's a point to do... Um, uh, 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 any form of um, making tracks work, you know, for, uh, that candle from Dorothy's line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, you know, just getting rid of anything at that particular point. Uncrossing work is good at that particular time. Well, if you think about it, it's like that point where um, you've been plunging the sink and you remove the plunger and it. So it's a great, yeah. it's it's that first bit of drain. Yeah. And and there's a lot of powerful energy to pull it out. So I want to go back to the blood moon for a second. Mm-hmm. Something that I, I a note that I made for myself that I wanted to say about the blood moon is that the blood moon through um, paganism um, and through different traditions within paganism is not about the color of the moon. Mm-hmm. It's about which month the moon is. Mm-hmm. So in different traditions, the blood moon is about your ancestors because this is the time when the veil is the thinnest. Mm-hmm. So we're really thinning that veil and, and spirit. So a lot of times they say the blood moon is when that veil really starts to get thin because now it's waning. The, that veil is waning during this time, and it's the time to talk to our blood, our ancestors, the people who have gone before us. It's also the time where your um, folks are hunting, so there's that sacrifice of I'm going to hunt, I'm going to bring back this meat, we're going to dry it and keep it for the winter. So you'll um if you have too many too much livestock, you'll you'll slaughter livestock to know that okay, this livestock can will be fed this grain that I have in stores and then we'll you know, we'll use them eat the meat for I mean, Which, it's, it's it's very much about all of that at, uh, agricultural stuff. You know, this, this is fascinating to me, Jackie, because I've seen zero commentary, and I have a lot of pagan friends. I've seen zero commentary, really, about this from pagans, but I have seen from Christians all over because of the fact that this is the second blood moon in a four triad, okay? We have another blood moon on Passover next year, and then we have another blood moon on Sukkot next year. Um, and basically, the Christians are... And you're saying blood moon because it is a lunar eclipse, right? Correct. Okay. Now, that is very interesting um, to me because that is not... Because I'm not an astrologer. Yeah. So that is not a term... That's like more of an astrological term versus which moon of the of the year. Well, the, the, interesting, the interesting thing with this is this, Jackie... The Christians are able to whip all of their followers up into, I I mean, there's one, two, three, three books that I know of that have been written by Christians on this topic alone, one of which was written by somebody named John Hagee, and I read it, Jackie, and I will tell you I'm reading this book, and at the same time he is saying astrology is nonsense. The whole book is about him proving astrology. It was like the most baffling thing that I've ever seen, ever. Um, and it is, it is with many Christian people. They believe because of the fact that this is happening during the holidays, the holy days, um, that this is 
some form of message or transmittal of information um, from God in some sort of way. And that there have been points in history in the past in which um, there's been significant events that have happened amongst the Jewish people. But of course, you know, when you have 5,000 years of history, of course there's going to be significant events that are going to happen with the Jewish people all the time, okay? Um, and, uh, you know, for example, one of them was in 69, the Yom Kippur War um, happened during a blood moon. Um, another one was um, during World War II, Jackie, that there was a blood moon. Um, you know, and I have not been paying attention to this. I was just going, yeah, I know it's a blood moon. It's October. That's the harvest moon, isn't it? Well, it's also, no, it's not the harvest moon. Because the harvest moon is um, September. Okay. So basically, the, the barley moon is barley or, or harvest moon. Yeah. So basically, what you have with all of these Christian people is that all of the and and you're just seeing it everywhere. I mean, they're all using this as a particular time period in which not only to gather up their flock, okay, and get their flock to return to Jesus. Um, um, but they're also using it as a particular period in which they can sell products everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, is it so? What? So, looking at um, what you're saying, is this a prophecy? Um, there is a place in the Book of Joel in which it says, "At the time of the end, the moon will turn to blood." Um, and um, there are in the book of in, in the book of Joel, there is like a whole list of things. If you want a good rendition of it, go rent the Seventh Sign with Demi Moore. It tells you all about it. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, basically, one of the particular um, prophecies, Jackie, that states that it is the time of the end, is the moon turning to blood. Um, uh, and that it starts a, a chain reaction that ultimately leads to um, the, you, you know, the glorious reappearing of Jesus. Um, uh, which, oh, by the please. way, if Jesus showed up today, the Republicans would call him cuckoo and have him locked up. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know if the Republicans would actually do that. Or they the might actually. Uh, no, actually, the evangelists would love it. Um, I think that probably the rest of us would call him cuckoo and lock him up. <laughs> the evangelists would not like it because they were not consulted first. Well, they may not like it, of course, but uh, uh, they're all writing books about it. Uh, and uh, and we're not talking about, you know, uh, uh, a, a book that sells, you know, 10,000 copies. We're talking about books about books, Jackie, that are selling 500,000 copies. Um, it is amazing. And this is one of the things that I find very, very interesting. Um, I was reading a study the other day, Jackie, and about 5 to 6% of the population are hardcore active Christians. Hardcore. At the same time, 4 to 5% are hardcore other, meaning pagan you know, different types of... Uh, so we're of, talking more zealots. Of religions, yeah. So what is fascinating to me is how are the Christians able to... Because they're everywhere. I mean, um, you know, they're buying 30-minute television shows on TV. Um, they're um, all over the radio. They're buying up airtime left and right. How are they able to do this, Jackie, but other religions are not? They're really well funded. Um, 
that's the first thing. Okay. Um, that's so. Okay, I had this great conversation when I was at Earth Warriors, mm-hmm. and that this is something that um, um, this one bagpiper John was bringing up, and he was talking about how he came from a fundamentalist family. They even did missionary work, mm-hmm. and that's how he was brought up. And so he said. Um, how is it that he can, you know, walk into one of his parents' churches or something and watch them raise energy like crazy? Yeah. At this crazy level. And and I have, shoot, last time I went to a Catholic Mass, I sat there and I thought the same thing. There is so much energy being raised in this exact moment, and it wasn't even a high holy holiday. Yeah. Um, it was just a regular Sunday. And there was so much energy being raised by song and and by belief. And as we were talking about that, and I was listening, and I was, it, what came to me is that we have two things happening, two very distinct happenings, not at the same time, mm-hmm. but they're very important pieces. Number one, you have a central figure who is holding the faith, without question. The priest, mm-hmm. the minister, um, the the reverend up at the pulpit is holding the faith for the entire congregation. They are um, they are the focal point for everyone. So they believe. Don't you think it's actually bigger than that? I think that the I think that with the fact that what you have with the three major religions on this planet, Judaism, okay, Islam, and Christianity, all three of them, Jackie, have a central figure as well that is not the priest. With Judaism, you have Moses. Mm-hmm. With um, Christianity, you have Jesus, and with Islam, you have Muhammad. And the ideas and the beliefs and, um, uh, you know, the, the messianic, because, you know, Moses is kind of like a pre-Messiah figure. Um, the messianic... Moses save everybody. Yeah. It's a know, savior of some type. Yeah, you know, it's a savior of some form. They have so much belief in that particular energy that could that archetype, Jackie, actually be what's holding the space? I think that's a big piece of it. I think that's a big piece of it, and I. But I do believe that um, some sects of paganism have that, having like the Dianics or the Hellenics, or you know, there's there's a few um, um, parts of paganism that have that. My thought process in this is that um, what we also what they also have is there's a representation of that singular energy that everyone believes in, that human. There is a human there who is a direct um, has a direct connect to that now, single deity. Now, do you think that part of the reason why, and I'm just going into business aspects here, but do you think that part of the reason why the marketing machine of paganism is not as big as the marketing machine of uh, Christianity because it is breathtaking that Joyce, Joyce Meyer makes over $100 million a year. What? It is breathtaking that Joel Olstein makes more than that, okay? Is, is the reason being is that paganism by itself, even though that paganism has reached out for 5,000 years, 6,000 years, modern paganism really hasn't been around for that long, correct? No, and it doesn't recruit either. Okay. Um, Explain what you mean by that. Okay, so there is um there's a lot of recruiting that goes on um in Christian faiths 
um, in the big three. Yeah. Um, that very specifically in Islamic and Christian faith. Um, churches are always recruiting new members because we can save you. Yeah. So that's the second thing. So the first thing I said in this is that there is a central figure. Mm-hmm. There's a central figure that, that then has a human, a minister, a priest who um, holds that power for the congregation mm-hmm. and holds that faith for the congregation. Even when the congregation's faith is being shook, they can go to that central human figure that has the direct line to the central figure of that faith. Does that make sense? Yes. So you got the priest, and the priest is going to talk to Jesus for you. Yes. You got the rabbi, and the rabbi is going to talk, um, is going to bring the energy of of God and and Abraham down. And Mm -hmm. you have, um, oh my gosh, I forgot, I'm so bad. In the Islamic faith, you have the, um, what is the name of this Islamic holy man? I have lost it. Anyway, uh, I'm a little embarrassed. But <laughs> but you have that person who's who's holding the energy for the congregation. You don't know who they are. Um, yeah. So you have that the person who's holding the energy for the congregation. Yes. Um, there's a lot of respect for this person. This is the person that they turn to. And I'm saying person because um, there there are more and more um, in the uh, uh, female. Ministers, priests, etc. But they're holding that energy. They have spent so much time dedicated to connecting to the divine for you. So that brings me to point number two: absolution. Um, and and specifically that word. So when you bring your troubles to um, to your your minister, to your holy person, mm-hmm. you get absolution meaning that you are absolved, you are freed of your worries and your sins. There's work that you have to do to put it in, um, but there is the ability, um, and this is me really speaking about Christianity, which, Mm -hmm. as far as I understand, is still the largest... um, Catholicism, yeah. Well, no, Christianity as a whole is still the largest sect of humanity. It's the largest religion, yeah. Largest religion, yeah. That's thank you. The largest individualistic religion is Catholicism, um, followed by um, uh, 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 Islam, um, right. and their leader is called an imam. By the way, <laughs> did you look it up for me? Yes, I did. Thank you, sir. Um, so, with that being said, is that there's the um, there's absolution when you go to them. So there's forgiveness mm-hmm. in a moment if you believe. Yes. And there is so much energy in that point of absolution that you know that when you step into your temple or your church, you are being forgiven just by going there. Just by believing, you are being forgiven. Now, that's very, very powerful now, isn't it? The other thing that I that I noticed, Jackie, and and this is pretty this is pretty interesting. Um even though that the Catholics may not like the Presbyterians or the Protestants or the Seventh-day Adventists or, you know, probably nobody likes the Jehovah Witnesses on Saturday when they come and knock on your door, but um, uh, or, you know, the Mormons or things of that nature, even though that there seems to be infighting, quote-unquote, um, uh, amongst 
the idealisms of Christianity, okay? One of the things that you don't necessarily see, at least in public view, I'm sure it's going on behind the scenes, but you don't see it in a real public way, is that you don't see Joyce Meyer bashing Joel Olstein, who is bashing Paula White, who is bashing Vinnie Hinn, who is bashing um, the Pope. Um, How many of these shows do you, you watch? Know? I don't want, I just know their names. Okay. <laughs> I find them fascinating. Um, I find uh, I find it very, very interesting that they seem to have for idealism, Jackie. They seem to be the best at being able to market it. And I think that we, as astrologers, or pagans, or Jews, or Kabbalists, or Muslims, or um, atheists, or whatever, could learn a lot from them. So let's get down to a couple of basic points. Whoever has the money wins. Yes. Okay. That's no, that's point number one because when when Christianity got a foothold, did, actually let me rephrase this: Christianity as a religion and as a culture did not get a foothold until Constantine, who was the Roman emperor, converted. Until that point, um, Christianity couldn't was hidden. It was like a bunch of little pagan groups mm-hmm. that you see now. So. And and that's why it was so difficult. Um, the Council of Nicaea was them bringing all of their their books, all of their uh, spiritual teachings together, and then picking which ones were going to be the focal point. Yes. So it wasn't until you had one strong, influential person who said, "All right, let's get our poop in a group." Yes. Let's get this together, or else we will always be persecuted. We will always be um, be thrown to the lions. And if you don't want to be thrown to the lions anymore, if you don't want to be put up at any more crosses, you got to have power. And what do you think pagans can learn from that? What do I think pagans can learn from that is that um, it, it is that we there has to be a community, a larger community, and and cooperation of the different communities. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's an inherent trouble with um, paganism, and I'm just going to say paganism because it's all inclusive. There's all kinds of different sects of, of this. There's, and it's even just starting with Wicca and Gardnerian and Alexandrian and all those, and the fairy tradition and all of those folks. Mm-hmm. But then it goes further and further. There's there's smaller groups, and um, there can be cooperation between the groups. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I, it's beautiful. It's amazing, and um, and it's just saying, well, we're we're deciding that. We're going to be together, like Evo Dominguez, who's in uh, Maryland at uh, Bell Book and Candle, and he has his his group. He's building an Alexandrian library, mm-hmm. so he's taking his money and his passion, or he's putting his money behind where his passion is, and and funding this Alexandrian library to be a focal point for the community to build community, and he has a whole. Um, uh, system that he's working where he's inviting in different groups to be part of the twelve points on on his vision mm-hmm. like the twelve the twelve houses um, and so he's building community and he is putting absolutely everything he has dedicated his life as far as I can tell to the study of the esoteric arts mm-hmm. so let's flip the coin in a conversation that I had not too long ago of a young 20-year-old woman. I mean, within the last 12 months, a 20-year-old woman who just read her first Scott Cunningham book and decided that she was going to be a high priestess of her own coven. Huh? 
Right. Um, because she had read a book and it gave her permission to take authority over her life. And then um, and then it kind of got pushed even further to say, well, now I get to be an expert. I get to be an instant expert. So there's an instant expert status, kind of like um, somebody who back in the 90s could learn X- HTML mm-hmm. and say, well, I'm a web designer. Yeah. <laughs> Those other websites were ugly as hell, by the way. Which is, you know, what what a lot of folks are doing with WordPress. So, um, with that, it's it's just this instant expert status. This this I my magic is bigger, badder than yours, and I can I can do more and, and don't mess with me and all of that jazz is um, is the separateness. Um, is very separate. So there is one of the principles of the 12-step program that says to place principles before personalities. Um, I think that the Christians do that very well. I don't think that the pagans do. True, because um, in different communities, I'm not saying all of them, but Mm -hmm. in different communities, you watch that you, you can watch people wait until someone stumbles. And the moment someone stumbles... They're on them. Yeah. They're on them like white on rice. They're on them like, okay, now I can take you down. Yeah. Um, because because your ego is too big and we're going to take you down some notches. And maybe their ego was too big because it's very easy. And do you, think, do you think that the public display of this stuff, because like I said, if Joyce Meyer does not like Joel Olstein, nobody knows about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, in the paganism that we see, um, at least on Facebook, um, you know everybody that doesn't like it. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, you have scorecards. You know, at this particular point, you know, it's almost like a, a fantasy football. Um, uh, but basically, you know, uh, do you think that that turns off people towards paganism? Um, it can. Yeah, I do, because um, folks will look at that going, "I don't want that kind of drama." Mm-hmm. I don't want that kind of drama in my life. This this is not this is not how I want to work this. And then what about, Jackie, here's another question that I have for you. What about the people that consider themselves witches but not pagan? Um, that's, you can be, uh, to me, okay, so here's, here's a little definition that we came up with two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. I find this fascinating, by the way. Witch, witchcraft mm-hmm. is a method. It's a modality. Kind of like your astrology, yeah. Astrology, or or you're an obstetrician versus an eye doctor mm-hmm. versus an ophthalmologist. You know, you're you're all medical professionals. You know, but um, so witchcraft is is a methodology. It's a tool. It's a tool. Um, spirituality is your own personal journey, mm-hmm. and religion is the agreed-upon set of rules, principles, that a group of people follow. Mm-hmm. So Wicca is a religion. Just kind of bringing it to that. Wicca is a religion or maybe like um, a Dianic tradition. Now, Wicca form. is very young, correct? It is. It's very young. It was okay. it was created by the gardeners and, and um, uh, the Golden Dawn guy, and then all of a sudden his name is gone out of my head, uh, Aleister Crowley. Um 
So Wicca is a very young thing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because it really I'm very grateful for it because it it um it introduced a lot of stuff. It absolutely introduced um a lot of people to an alternative religion. Um and gave it some structure. But even like fairy tradition that is um that is a religion. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a it's agreed upon it's an agreed upon set of principles that people are going to work from. Mm-hmm. Now, um, earth based spirituality that you work with the god and the goddess, you work with the elements, you work with um, the sun and the moon, you like to find your totem animal. That's your spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's what feeds your soul or your, what you're feeding your soul with. And then um, witchcraft is the tool that you use. You might be an herbalist. You might, I mean, and there's things, and some people say that herbalism is within part of witchcraft or astrology is, and it's not, because to me witchcraft is saying, I'm going to take these ingredients, which mm-hmm. may involve some of these other things, and I'm going to work on um, changing the energy around me. Yeah. And um, that, to me, is healing. You know, I just call witchcraft a witchcraft is healing, healing whatever's broken within you. So, so that you have those three things, and people kind of mush them up into saying witchcraft is a religion. It's not a religion any more than a car is a weapon. Yeah. Um, you can kill somebody with it, and you can use witchcraft in your religion. But I know plenty of witches who um, are, or shall we say, conjure folk. Mm-hmm. People who do that kind of magic, and they're Christians. Yeah, they are stout Christians. Exactly. Um, and and I and it's so wonderful to be honest with you. Um, in in some of my experience, I I find that um, the Christians who are witches, the, the conjure folks, mm-hmm. their belief is so deep and strong and abiding. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful because they um they that they and Jesus are like BFFs. Yeah. And they know how to use that Bible and they know how to use these so to me, you know, watching them work, I see this Bible as this huge magical tool and the first time I, I met Star and she brought out her Bible, I was zapped. Because she she has so much energy in this and it's such a powerful tool for her. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So um, that is, it's just a different ball game now, isn't it? Yeah, and and I find that the elements of hoodoo, or the elements of conjure, are very very similar. Although that the although the, the kabbalists have their own set of tools, um, uh, you know, I find the underlying um, ideology to be very very similar. Right. So now I'm going to pull up some pagans that. Um, do the same thing. Dorothy Morrison. Dorothy Morrison has a deep and abiding relationship with, with what she calls her ladies. Mm-hmm. That she talks to um, all the time. Day and night. She has times where she, she day and night she talks to them and, and she's talked about it on the radio show as well. So she has built a deep and abiding relationship with her divine allies so she knows that they are there. Mm-hmm. She can feel them work in her life. 
So, um, and, and then Christopher Penzik. Mm-hmm. He, when he starts talking about the mighty dead or he starts talking about um, working with the different energies, and it's interesting, I haven't, he'll he'll say the names of what these energies have been. I've been in a couple of his classes, but um, you can feel it come out of him because he's spent a lot of time with them. Yeah. Um, when my, okay, so let me flip the coin one more time. So when a family member who is Catholic talks about, you know, well, well, how what is this in according to the accordance to the church? What is what does the church say to do? It's a very dry statement. Yes. It's a very well the church doesn't like this or the church is it's like this living entity. Um and um they don't really reference Jesus too much, but then I have family who are born again and they go, I have to have a conversation with Jesus about this. And you're like, Whoa, you're going deep you know. So it's that personal. I think there's that personal belief, and 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 how do you how does that person get to that belief? Well, I think it's number one personal choice, on how deep you want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think sometimes in and shall we say the alternative religion, the pagan religions, because I'm not going to lump um, uh, Hinduism or Santeria or Voodoo with that, because you know I I, I have been to plenty of um, Santerian events where you can feel the Orishas there talking to you. Mm-hmm. And it is a, an amazing, beautiful experience. And the Santorian community can become very close. If you're from a house in Michigan and you go down to Florida or you go down to Texas, you can find people to work with. Yeah. Um, they they will they will accept you because, in essence, they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Same with, same with voodoo, is that you can go just about anywhere. And sure, there's going to be that little infighting, but you don't really hear about it. Exactly. Um, so. So what is it possible for there to be a deep abiding um belief that happens with the alternative spirituality within um any form of paganism? I'm not sure. It, it, I I think it is a question to ask, you know, I think that um I'm fascinated by Christianity. Um uh, you know, it amazes me, Jackie, that you can turn on the Jesus channel at any point. And, um, you know, they're having their little telephone, and they're having their telephone, and they're, they've raised $7.5 million in 24 hours. And, uh, you know, uh, a thousand people have bought some Jesus bread. Um, uh, it is amazing, you know, from the particular perspective of, uh, uh, you know, these people really believe um, in this particular form of self-sacrificing and tithing and um, um, offerings and uh, stuff of that nature. The other thing here that I find that a lot of the recent names that are highfalutin people in Christianity, they're very, very practical and down-to-earth. And, you know, um, it's very, very easy to work through their particular methods because of the fact that they're not being real offensive. Um, They're not being, um, you know, out the gate crazy. Um, um, And you can actually, even if you are from an alternative religious idealism or you have a different point of view, you can get, you don't have to throw away the entire message because of the messenger. 
Um, and it's yeah. interesting to me. You know, for example, Joel Osteen, uh, during his show, Jackie, he doesn't even talk about Bible verses at all. It's very, very fascinating. Um, but he's this really nice guy with this big smile, and you just want to, you know, have, you know, cookies with him. <laughs> I mean, it is like you want to have uh, chicken and dumplings with Starcassus. You know, there's this um, charismatic um, energy vibe um, that kind of draws you in. And um, I think that, you know, a, a lot of pagans, Jackie, that they, you know, for, for, the, for the most part, and uh, I like and um, have respect for many of them, many of them you have mentioned. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, putting away the putting away the infighting, focusing on doing the work, focusing on helping people. And if you do that, which is the Christian model, by the way, um, if you do that, I think everything is going to turn around. Well, I, I came to this thought process because I'm in um, a physical community in my town, and for now you've heard me talk mm-hmm. about it, I'm like totally in love with living here. And I have found- On days that it's not flooding. <laughs> yeah, days that it's not. But I got to tell you, the day that it did flood, um, the days that it did flood, I watched people in the Ferndale community start posting things that they had available. I have an extra washer and dryer in my garage. If anybody needs, yeah. I have. Um, I have. I'm home for the next week on vacation. I can do people's laundry. I am. Um, if you need food while you're dealing with the flood, I watched people deliver meals to each other without even asking. Mm-hmm. I watched um, Jim Poole, who is part of the um, Vineyard Renaissance Uni- Unitarian Church, yeah. non-denominational. He organized um, a group of people to go knock on doors of, of known seniors in the area to see if they were okay and to see if they needed their basements cleaned out. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mean, that made me fall in love with my community all over again. And and people are making these huge strides to say, well, we want to make sure our kids are safe, and we want to make sure that our our um, they're getting the best education possible. So so they're stepping up to the plate. Folks who have no kids are saying, well, it's really important that our schools are great because it makes my quality of life better. It's just some really interesting things that I'm seeing. And so um, you know, in in Detroit in the Detroit area, there's a gentleman who um, just opened the pathway. Pagan Pathways Temple, mm-hmm. which you can come in and 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 just come in and be there at any time. There's somebody there, you know, pretty much all the time, except for let's say the middle of the night. Um, and there's lots of classes, and there's lots of things, and there's lots of denominations going on. And you know what's interesting is that Stan does a sermon every Sunday. Yeah, that's I, ha- I haven't listened to one. I haven't, but we were just talking about it the other day, and I go, he goes, I don't know what else to call it. I go, that, that's very Christian of you. And he said, well, I don't know what else to call it, but that's, you know, when I was a kid, that's what they called it. And um, I just, again, I... Uh, well, I don't think that you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, I agree. So, Jackie, what do you think that, with all of this in mind, local communities, um, religious communities that seem to be doing something right, whether you agree with them or not, Right. Um, what do you think that the pagan community should focus on at this point, and what do you think that they shouldn't focus on? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really bluntly honest, is that saying that 
I don't think that I have the answers. Okay. I don't think that I can speak for groups of people all over the country because I think that we are still finding our way as a people. Um, I'm And I'm watching some leadership and eldership show up. Um, and I'm seeing people saying, if we want this to be a real religion, we got to show up with training and, and things like that. And I think that continuing on that path of community, and here's mm-hmm. the thing about community, you have mentors in a community, you have newbies in a community, you have elders in a community, you have um, a chain of command in a community. And um, and this, this like... It's like saying I'm the I'm the I'm the leader of the anarchists, you know. It's yeah. hard it's hard to be a leader of a leaderless people. Yeah. So, um I think what Do you think that that might be part of the problem? It might be. And and then for a lot of people when I when I have this conversation with them and they go, "Well, I don't see a problem." I'm happy with it this way. I'm happy to have my own spirituality and my own little religion over here, and that's exactly what I want, and I don't want to be um, part of a bigger whole. Mm-hmm. And that's viable, too. Yeah. But but if you're looking for um, more respect or a bigger bang within the world, mm-hmm. there might need to be some unity. And and I'm I'm interested to see who is going to come up in leadership, in in national leadership in the pagan community. Right now we have we have one very strong leader and that's really Christopher Penzik. Yeah. You can say his name in any part of the country and people know who he is. Well he's such a likable guy. I mean he's like the gold, Joel Olstein of pagans. He, he's I mean, happy he's he's genuinely You see concerned. that big grin, Joel Olstein has that big grin. I mean he's like the Joel Olstein of pagans. And and I'm sure we're gonna get lots of mail going, No, it's so and so, no, it's so and so and um and I'm glad. I'm glad you, you have a leader, you have somebody to look up to, you have somebody who you're mm-hmm. enjoying their work and you want to follow what they're doing. Um I'm curious to see if those leaders can come together. Yeah. Um, can come together and 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 form a greater, bigger community. I don't know if it's possible, and I'm not here to say that you should do any of this stuff. I'm not here to point a finger and say the pagan, the pagan community is lacking. I'm just saying that if you're they could learn something, yeah. If you're going to come, you know, if you're going to look at how do we have a, a bigger presence in the world, then then maybe this is this is something here, or or maybe you don't want that. I mean, when I was at Earth Warriors Festival, and I and that was a very tight knit community, and it was such a um a start to finish experience even the venison that was served was actually um was killed by the hunters that were there at the event moving right along i know oh. i know but but how but really that's what an amazing experience did that, you eat any yeah um uh and, and it was well it was cooked prepared nicely um i just didn't eat the goat but um <laughs> It's not my preference. I've had goat before. It's okay. <laughs> I don't like mutton either. But um but how what it what an amazing experience that the people who went out and got the food, yeah. you know, and, and they're very mindful of the earth and they're they do a lot of things um to to help maintain um the sanctity of the earth. 
meaning not just they don't just recycle. They go out and clean things. They just they do a lot of stuff. I I, I think with with much of this, Jackie, and um, I still have the second part of that question that I want you to answer. But I think with much of this, I think that people need to decide within their communities what type of sphere of influence that they want to have, and if they want a larger sphere of influence, I think that they're going to have to look out at um, and learn things possibly from other points of view in regards to how to organize and how to galvanize and um, uh, and how to um, create a larger presence um, that is viable and has a structure underneath it. Um, if they want to, which I think everybody has their own right to do this, you know, if they want their little pup cat in the backyard with their magical tools or their sukkot, um, <laughs> you know, then they can go ahead and, and do that as well. I think that it really goes down to, um, you know, what, what, what people's visions are in regards to the particular future. What do you think, Jackie, that Pagan should absolutely stop doing? <laughs> Um, and you're going to answer the question. <laughs> really, um, stop laying in wait to crucify each other. Yeah. Um, stop. Um, stop fighting. Stop saying your path is full of crap. Um, stop fa- saying that. Um, stop waiting for someone to make a mistake and then throw them under the bus. Um, and stop trying to 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 be the biggest ego in the room. Mhm. Um and and I think that's that's a big challenge that anyone can have. And and I I I think that you're right 100%. I mean, we've all I don't think anybody that has reached the age of 23 has not done anything that they have either a regret over or that has been some form of mistake in their particular life. And I think that as communities of anything, we should be facilitators of healing rather than facilitators of hate. Now, everyone has an opinion. Everyone yeah. gets one. It's it's what they're born yeah. with. And everyone gets to be upset about different things and, and, and gets to pick their battles wherever they get to pick their battles. I guess maybe I'm looking at different people that I've met over the years who could easily have um, gone after different folks. Yeah. And they could easily have um, done a lot of different things, but instead they step up to the plate and they um, they say, "Well, what can we heal? Yeah, what can we heal?" And and um, and I and I and I admire that because I find that a much more constructive and actually an easier way to live for myself rather than who who done me wrong. Yeah, exactly. So always looking at who done me wrong is exhausting, and it doesn't bring my focus where it needs to be. Which is and it makes you paranoid. Yeah. And it you know gives you hypertension. <laughs> 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 you know the, the 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 I think that forgiveness in in and it's not easy. Um, I, I think it's not easy because of the fact that you know oftentimes our um, our ego gets hurt in in regards to the particular process, and it's sometimes hard for it to let us go. You know, one of the common questions I get asked, Jackie, during an astrological consultation or a a psychic consultation is, you know, somebody will say, well, you know, when is the karma bus going to hit the person? And I have to tell them, each each person that asks me that, I said, is, you know, karma is a very, very tricky thing, okay? And it's not instant. 
um, and it may look like an individual is getting away scot-free with something completely that because the instant karma button hasn't been pushed on them and, you know, their life has fallen apart. Um, right. uh, but 20 years from now, their life may be in something that you can't even imagine or ever thought of. And I think that, it, I think that so many people are looking to keep up that particular resentment in such a toxic sort of way, which I think is the antithesis of spirituality. It is the antithesis of the journey, because that means that this other person's journey is much more important than mine, so I'm just going to be resentful towards them because of it. It's hard. You know what? It can be very hard. Yeah. Um, I know that I have moments where... Um, oh, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> I know. I have moments where I'm like, oh, oh, God. You know, what did they do now? Yeah. And and then, um, but not everything that pops into my head needs to come out of my mouth. Exactly. Uh, it's called manners. <laughs> exactly. And speaking in the, of. In, 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 the, in the words of Dorothy, it's called manners. It's called manners, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, and speaking of manners, we're done. We are. <laughs> um, and make sure that you all cruise on over to our website, keepitmagic.com, um, where you can, if you have a problem in your life, whatever that problem is, whether it's career, work, money, finances, we have a candle for that, and that candle can help you. Um, so make sure that you cruise on over there and check that out. Um, also, um, if you want to schedule a consultation with Jackie or are you can also, you know, uh, hook up with us on the website. Um, this show is sponsored by Coventry Creations. Uh, it is because of your patronage to Coventry Creations that this show is able to stay on the air. And in our next show, which will be um, live in about two weeks, we are going to be talking about how to become your own legend. So we're going to get away from all, well, not really, um, but we're going to get away from all of this spirituality stuff that we've done three shows with, and um, we're going to go into some practical stuff and do a little bit of teaching in the next show. And it was a lecture that um, Jackie and I did at the Earth War, that Jackie, Jackie did at the Earth Warriors Festival, but as a precursor, go back into Season 3 of Keep It Magic. We're in Season 4 now. And if you want to listen to a show that will help prepare you for this, go listen to the show, The Astrological Sun. Um, it'll give you a little bit of a glimpse of basically what Jackie is going to talk to us about in um, two weeks. The show will be live in two weeks. And, Jackie, what do they need to do in the meantime? They need to keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks.
Yeah. 